You're listening to The Dollop. <laughs> this is two-time-a-week podcast called The Dollop. This is an American history podcast. Each week, I read a story to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about. He's my girl. What? God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Aristotle. <laughs> no, no, no. I <laughs> like how you're trying to make it no, it's a, yeah. work. Aristotle. I think you should shout it more. Like, if I were you, I'd be like, Aristotle! <laughs> Aristotle did I, not think much of the octopus. <laughs> Greatest opening line ever. Okay. That we've ever done. Oh, oh he didn't, huh? Quote, the octopus is a stupid creature, for it will approach a man's hand if it be lowered in the water. I'm honestly so far on the octopus's side. Right? Yeah. I He's, think Aristotle was a fucking idiot. What's up his ass about an octopus? Well, apparently, if an animal comes over to you and is like, hey, what's going on? Then he thinks that animal's what an asshole. What an idiot. He Get thinks, away. He thinks it's a fucking moron. He hated dogs. Aristotle hated dogs. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, you dumbass. Um, and what is his theory about the hand? If you put your hand in the water, the octopus will come over to it. Oh, okay. Well, like a water dog. Sure. <laughs> yeah. When you, like, scratch him in the right place, like, yeah. four legs start moving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but octopi, octopuses are now uh, considered to be very intelligent creatures. Okay. Yeah. Scientific journals now publish research papers on octopi, octopuses learning... On their personality and on their memory. Octopuses can learn. They can process complex information. And they behave in complex ways. You're getting a little bit of biology right now. Yeah. Actually, not a lot of people know octopuses hated Aristotle. They're yeah. that cognitive. Oh, there. yeah. There was almost a huge war. Yeah. They, yeah, they always were like, what sort of dumbass puts his hand near an octopus? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> idiot. In the uh, 1950s, biologists demonstrated for the first time that octopuses have massive brains. Yeah. That whole thing is full of brains. That makes sense. Why does it make sense? Because it's got a huge... I mean, where you think its brain is is abnormally enormous. Okay. <laughs> the head. The head. <laughs> <laughs> a typical mollusk has 20,000 neurons in the brain, while the octopus has half a billion neurons. Now it's just showboating. Yeah, well now, yeah, compared to a cephalopod, what yeah. are we talking about? Some yeah. serious business. <laughs> yeah. The neurons in its head are massed into complex lobes the same way human brains are. And octopuses have the biggest brains of all invertebrates. Okay. Uh-huh. Sure. In the late 1950s, Oxford biologist N.S. Sutherland decided to see just how smart octopuses were. Oh, boy. Uh, now... We can. You don't know. You don't know yet. No, but it feels like we're dipping. I don't know. We're dipping now. He showed them. You've just put your hand in the water, and I'm approaching. He showed them. He showed them two shapes and rewarded them for touching one, but not the other. They learned to tell a rectangle in a horizontal position 
from the same rectangle rotated 90 degrees. Jeez. It's a fucking smart That's invertebrate. Smart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, think I'd have trouble. Take that shit, Aristotle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once they had figured it out, the octopuses knew to select any horizontal rectangle they saw, no matter how big or small it was. They were learning what to learn. I'm starting to now worry that they're going to be like the Terminators a this little bit. This is a little bit like artificial intelligence. We're, we're teaching them a little too much, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe don't teach them about How rectangles. long until an octopus is torturing me for, try, for deciding that, which rectangle's right? This is where it's going. Oh, no. Over the years, octopuses have shown themselves to have great memories. Canadian biologist Jennifer Mather threw toys into octopuses' tanks and watched as the octopuses blew them around with jets of water. So they were playing, which is a sign of intelligence. Okay. Makes sense. Mather also argued that octopuses have consciousness. All right. Not like ours, but a simpler form called primary consciousness. Basically, they can combine their perceptions with their memories to have a coherent feel for what's happening to them at any moment. Wow. All right. So calamari just got a lot less tastier, didn't it, everybody? (laughs) Not so cute now, is it? You're eating Einstein fish. Every ring you bite into is like biting into a memory. Yeah, well, not to mention that in a lot of uh, the restaurants in the States, they're using anuses. So (laughs) so if calamari wasn't ruined for you prior to that, here's a cherry. Is that true? Yeah, there was an article a couple years ago about how how places were using it. It's anus? It's octopus anus? No, not even octopus anus. What? Yeah. What kind of anus? Dude, just like random pig anus. How is this not a dollop that you're doing? <laughs> I'm actually, this is the this pig is called... anus doesn't taste like calamari. How the fuck do you know what pig anus tastes like, doctor? Trust me, bro. <laughs> Listen, sometimes they wouldn't want to eat on the farm. I grew up on a farm, and I can tell you what a raw pig anus Dave, tastes like. Dave, no, I said milk the cows. Milk the cows, Dave. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting this business done first. I'm going to make all the pigs come. <laughs> Do your chores, then play the game. <laughs> uh, for example, in an experiment, Mather found that when octopuses look out, out of their dens, some prefer to sit with their left eye facing out while others with their right. It's just how comfy they are. They're like, I'm going to do this. This is the eye I think. Okay. That's not a great one. Yeah, that, that, doesn't, that to me doesn't say super the smart. I, that yeah. just, most animals can just be like, I'm comfy like this. Yeah, the eyeball one's not great. Yeah. All right. So poke the hole in that one. Orion Magazine wrote about another observation. Oreo Magazine? Orion? Orion. Oreo. A great uh, magazine. Well, it's a magazine about cookies. And yeah. sometimes they cover invertebrates. Yeah. yeah. This month, double stuff. Too much? This month's the sea sponge and double stuff. (laughs) One octopus Mather was watching had just returned home and was cleaning the front of the den with its arms. Okay. Then suddenly it left the den, crawled a meter away, picked up one particular rock and placed the rock in front of the den. Two minutes later, the octopus ventured forth to select a second rock. Then it chose a third. Attaching suckers to all the rocks, the octopus carried the load home, slid through the den opening, and then carefully arranged the three rocks in front. Then it went to sleep. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's it? Made a little rock decorating? wall. It's <laughs> Is it decorating? Yeah, well, it's like dudes might come in here, so I'm going to put some rocks like in front. Those rocks far away were like, it's, it's target. It's the same way some people might put on a, a, an eye uh, 
thing, uh, eye mask, or, okay. or like a oh, ear, that was, ear, right. ear. Sure, that's his white plus. noise. Yeah, that's his white noise. Yeah, okay. Uh, then the octopus went to sleep. What the, she says what the octopus was thinking seemed obvious. These rocks are enough. Good night. That's what she interpreted it as. I feel like that's not a scientific interpretation. Totally not. She's, <laughs> she's maybe, maybe a little too close to him at this point. How long until she's jerking one off? Let's ask that question. I mean, coming. She deduced that the octopus, quote, must have some concept of what it wanted to make itself feel safe to go to sleep. And the octopus knew how to get what it wanted by employing foresight, planning, and even tool use. Fair. Fair. And another experiment has been shown that octopuses learn geography. When they were put in tanks with different landmarks, like plastic jugs, plates of pebbles, and clumps of algae, they were able to find the quickest route to the hidden exit in the bottom of a tank using the landmarks. And when the landmarks were moved around, they quickly learned a new way. When the landmarks were put back in their original places, the octopuses remembered the way, showing they could know more than one maze at once. The, a lot of the underlying, a lot of, they, they were just really fucking with these octopuses yeah, a the, lot. The octopuses are like, can I just go to the hole? Wait, but the algae was there. Why do I have to escape so fast? What the fuck's going on? Fucking Where are the rocks? Poor shit. But three-fifths of an octopus neurons are not in the brain. They're in its arms, which leads to some pretty weird shit. Oh, boy. Researchers who cut off an octopus's arm found that not only does the arm crawl away, but if the arm meets a food item, it grabs it and tries to pass it to where the mouth would be if the arm were still attached to its body. Holy shit. That's, that's crazy. That's the most fucked up it's experiment of all. handing the food to the mouth that's Even though it's just to? an arm. That's some scary. You, when, dude, when you're cutting off arms and they're still thinking, the arms are thinking. <laughs> the arms thinking. Yes. The arms out. That, on, now that, the arms out on its own. It's got yeah, to figure no, things yeah, out. It's totally. Gotta, it's yeah. got to get a job. I'm gonna it's have to get a smaller place. Puts one rock in front of its place. <laughs> <laughs> crashes. <laughs> I know what its arm was thinking. All this means that people some time ago treated the octopus as something to fuck with for fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not surprising. I am, of course, talking about octopus wrestling. God, you're such a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. Why? <laughs> because, because, like, if you're me, uh-huh. you're sitting here uh, just, like, going, like, you know, if I just sit here and I'm just learning about the octopus yeah, that's what you were for doing. a little while. Uh-huh. That's fine. Yeah, that was a nice little and then, lesson. It's like when and you, then when I'm st- my heart's starting to get a little warm. Yeah, you just rip it out again. Yeah, yeah. It's like Mike the Chicken. You remember Mike the Chicken? Yeah, I remember Mike the Chicken. Yeah, <laughs> we heard the history of chickens, and then I learned about a fucking headless chicken who still had a head. The idea of octopus wrestling first took hold in the late forties. Jesus Christ. Due to an essay in April 1949 So you're issue. just telling me about this beautiful creature, how intelligent it is, and now let's hear how fuck the nightmare it was in in recent history. In the April 1949 issue of Modern Mechanics called, quote, Octopus Wrestling is My Hobby by Wilman Menard. Who put that in Mechanics Monthly? <laughs> Menard. Uh, what? Look, it's clearly some sort of great adventure magazine. Yeah, uh-huh. Menard went to Tahiti to take part in what he called, quote, an ocean-wide hunt of octopus. He described the intelligent creatures as treacherous. 
Quote, according to legend, sickness overwhelmed the population and slimy monsters crawled from the deep lagoons to devour entire villages. Interesting. Okay, so first of all, if you're an American dude going over to Tahiti in the 40s, you know that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You're not walking around going, all right, well, let's kill the octopi because they came here and fucking murdered all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, wrestling and killing the treacherous octopus was simply a hobby, and I had crossed the Pacific to engage in this fascinating pastime. It's not a pastime. Just going out and fucking killing a thing is not a hobby. Just for the fuck of it. After locating the best octopus hunter on the island, named Rue, they went into the ocean armed with 12-foot-long barbed spears made of iron. Jesus. Well, I mean, you know, unfair. (laughs) (laughs) Cheating. Well, at this point, you have to question the definition of wrestling. Wait, this is what the wrestling is? (laughs) That's what he's calling it. He's calling that wrestling. He called it. What does he call wrestling? Octopus wrestling. Handshakes? My, <laughs> octopus wrestling is my hobby. This is what he's calling wrestling. It, well, he's crazy. <laughs> Rue had his own system for drawing the creature out, retreating a short distance from the lair. He would take up his flute, name of Vivo, and play weird tunes upon it the way a Hindu fakir charms a cobra. His piping would soon attract the octopus from its cavern. First, the globular homed head, then the long tentacles with their double row of cup-like suckers. Out of curiosity, the octopus would approach within striking distance. So they go in and they play some music, and the, yeah, oct- and the no, octopus it, is like, hey, man, that's cool. What are you guys doing? And then he'd be like, we're wrestling, and put a spear through his head. In a split second, our spears would speed into the revolting mass. The revolting mass is the, is, the, is, the, is the intelligent creature. Yeah, the head. Yeah. Yeah. Then so there... The, the, wait. <laughs> that is not wrestling. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It's not wrestling. Well, it's their version of wrestling. It's more of a concert than it is wrestling. <laughs> it's like Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. Then there Woodstock would... Woodstocktopus. <laughs> <laughs> then there would be a human-like moan... And the water would be clouded with sepia. This is just... The long tentacles would flay the surface of the lagoon in savage fury as the monster tried to rid itself of our spears, which were firmly embedded in its head. I think he doesn't know who the monster is. No, he has no idea. The monster's the guy who's calling things the monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is much like Hitler and the Jews. Yeah, okay. (laughs) If necessary, another spear would be dispatched into the writhing hulk. It took a long time to tire the octopus, and we had to both hold firmly to the ropes attached to the end of the spears to prevent it from sinking to the bottom of the lagoon where it would be lost to us. Uh, you, you know I love documentaries yeah, I know. on the ocean I know. and the planet. I know. And, and it's it, one of the reasons we did this one. <laughs> <laughs> All and, you do is watch documentaries about animals. And and now we're hearing about I mean this it like even when you this has just been a downward spiral. Yeah. I thought at one point the wrestling was going to be like two of them in like some sort of a- aquatic cage match <laughs> fighting each other in some weird fashion and now we've got a guy who's an underwater tentacle charmer who's just fucking stabbing them. 
Menard went on to describe killing other octopuses in brutal fashion. Then he ended with this. Like to wrestle an octopus? I realize it all sounds like a loathsome sport, but it's really more fun than hunting some poor harmless creature. When you wrestle and kill an octopus, you're ridding the marine world of a treacherous enemy. Oh, there we go. And you better watch your step, too, for there's no such thing as a reckless octopus hunter. Either you're careful or you're dead. Oh, oh, oh my Because God. once you're down there, it's man or octopus. Oh, Everybody always. Everybody knows that. Oh, yeah. How many friends have, do you know who have been killed by octopus? Uh, I mean, I could count them on one octopus. <laughs> I could count them on the one arm a researcher cut off. <laughs> that is now trying to feed the head that's miles away. I mean, you just got to think of that arm's life. Hello? Oh, yeah. Hello? That arms don't have any good life. Body? Also, also uh, describing an octopus as something that's going to kill you is yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. Basically, an animal's minding its own business. You play a tune, it comes out and but, goes, that's but, a cool tune, and then you kill it. And you're like, yeah, take that, you monster. But this is also monster. around the time like where there was like movies were almost like yes. anti-octopus propaganda in there, a way, too. There right? were movies and stories. There's a guy who wrote a true story about an octopus almost taking his like ship down. Like it was like a violent animal. Yes. Like it was portrayed that way in society. Yeah, it just looked weird. That's yeah. why. Well, people also used to have owls on their fucking hats. A few years later, stories of octopus wrestling on the west coast of the U.S. began to appear in newspapers around the country. On November 24th, 1957, the Toledo Blade published an article about a world championship octopus wrestling match that drew a crowd of 200 in Tacoma, Washington. Unreal. A, a world championship. Quote, octopus wrestling has developed an enthusiastic following in these parts. The participants are skin divers, and the rules are simple. Competitors are divided into three-man teams. Three heats are held with one man from a team entering in each heat. When the wrestler's turn comes, he dives into the Puget Sound unarmed and tries to find an octopus to drag to the surface. Jesus Christ. I mean, the like... At least they're not killing it. They're just the, dragging it up to the surface. What? Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, where what? They, is that... Uh, but then... Then do they kill them? I don't know. Let's find out. No, they're going to kill them. And uh, <laughs> I, I will. They're obviously going to kill them. Um, I don't understand this time and this day and age. And imagine what these octopuses are intelligent. So they have to be communicating a little bit to each other. Like, listen. Hide in the rock. Hide in the rock. Keep more rocks. Get more rocks. Decorate more. Overdecorate your dens. Uh, the 1957 match was won by a tag team from Portland. The winners, winners were determined by the total weight of the octopuses. Quote, skin divers who use aqua lungs get one and a half points for every pound of live octopus they can put on the scales. Those who use just snorkels get three points per pound. Someone from the Portland team had dragged up an 80-pound octopus who was probably thinking, what in the fuck is happening? Yeah. No, I was sleeping yeah. in my hole. Hey, I got a new friend. They just saw right through my three rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Octopuses are generally timid and only attack if provoked. The wrestling mostly just consisted of prying the octopus loose from its den as it held on for dear life with its suction cups. Oh, Jesus. Wrestling. Jesus Christ. Why? 
Naturally, a sport that has absolutely no merit and involves killing an interesting creature for no reason other than to get a medal caught on in popularity. Of By course. Why not? Hey, here's something really, really dumb. Let's all do it. <laughs> America. Every decade. By 1963, there was a world championship of octopus wrestling. No, there wasn't. There was an <laughs> asshole who pretended there was and dummies believed him. It was also held in Tacoma, Washington, and drew a crowd of 5,000. 5,000? And it was televised. Wh uh, where? On what? <laughs> On what? On channel shit? <laughs> I mean, you li literally, literally, you could put me in that room over what? there for 10 minutes, yeah. and I'll come in here with 100 better th shows than that. <laughs> it was also held, oh, I did that. Uh, I mean shows but, I'll invent in those 10 minutes. But also, remember, they can't... Nobody can see what's happening under the water. The television cameras go, can't so go down what, there. So None what, of the what crowd, are they... So they're what, just watching they're guys watching, come out of the water with an octopus. Christ. Well, that's... First of all, it's also not easy to cover. Like, you can't cover no. that easily if you're a camera guy. No, you can't. You gotta in wait. In 1957. You gotta wait and watch for the There was no, like, all right, he's moving up now. And the announcers would, be like, would just be like, and we're waiting to see if anybody comes out right, of the water. Nobody's coming up with any octopus. Nobody right is now. coming. Nobody right. is coming. Oh, actually, one of the divers is up, and he doesn't have, have an anything, octopus. and he's going back down. And oh, now there are no okay. divers are up oh, at the surface at all. They're all. Well, there's water. Waiting. That is water. Uh, that is a wave. Never mind. I thought that was a man. I wasn't sure. Not a man. You know, uh, mm. the World Octopus Championships mm. are brought to you by Dumb Shit. Dumb Shit, the network that brought you the Octopus Championships. 111 divers took place in the waters off Tiltlow Beach in the championship. The July 1963 edition of Skin Diving Magazine called it a whale of a success. Oh, man. Quote, you get your own parking spot for that headline, editor. Quote, they have good suction, but if you get their arms and pull, the suction cups go pop, 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 pop. They don't have a lot of holding strength, said Gary Keeler, now 75. Gary is one of the organizers of the event. You roll around staging that you're fighting them, he said. They're not very aggressive. I mean, it, it's, it's like basically like taking a paralyzed person from a hospital bed and being like, I pinned him! And he had no idea it was coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, but before you do that, you play a little something on the recorder. Hey, I like music. Yeah, bam! At Titlow Beach, there were many octopuses because of the, f the fast water provided a lot of shellfish for them to eat. But just to make sure the event wasn't a bust, they caught six, six octopuses at other locations and planted them around the beach. So now it's like Hunger Games, where they're just dropping things in. Just very confused octopuses. That day, about 20 octopuses were caught in the championship. In the championship. The good news is most of the octopuses were, le were released back into the ocean. Well, Dave, I know one thing. Where there's the good news is... No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. 
Show me the bad news that's masturbating around the corner. Well, the bad news is, is that they didn't have therapists to help them talk them through this fucking insane experience that they had because they have memories yeah. and they now are fucking scarred for life right. and they can't they can never be comfortable in their right. den again with three rocks in front of it because some fucking asshole is going to come in and pull yeah. them up, bring them onto a beach in front of cameras and 5,000 chilling people and throw it in a fucking aquarium. Uh, it, it just this whole thing just makes you realize how easy the octopuses on the Flintstones did have it. The dishwashers <laughs> seems stressful, but that's so much easier than this. The octopuses were kept in aquariums until the match was over, and then released. Some were given to the Seattle Aquarium. Uh, Kiefer said if they were transported quickly enough, they wouldn't they wouldn't be harmed. Uh huh. Right. So if they went, if the truck, if there's sure. traffic, yeah, dead, just dead. Just octopus. a quick rape. Just. <laughs> Oh, and a, a couple of the octopus were eaten. Oh, cool. Kiefer says his and his team won every octopus wrestling contest that was held. So the guy who organized it won every contest. It's a but, fucking and bullshit. And again, winning. What are we saying? Winning. Well, he had the most pounds of octopus. Yeah, in a, in a competition that isn't, is pointless. Seems pretty real to me. Yeah. By the late 60s, people became bored of watching guys carry octopuses out of the water, having not been able to see the tragic grabbing that occurred below. The organizers and fans lost interest and moved on to other things. In 1976, Washington State made a law that made it illegal to, quote, molest or harass an octopus. Molest? What? Well, it's their way of saying leave them alone. No Mm. one's fingering an octopus. Yeah, uh, I mean... Though... Octopus wrestling still goes on in other places, like on a Japanese game show currently. Not No surprise there. <laughs> that is the country that recently had a game show where you had to sing karaoke while getting jerked off. Right. So, uh, basically, what we're saying is America, a place where even the octopuses aren't safe. But I will say also that, like, it's terrible, but that is a lot of... You know, a lot of the way that animals are treated in this country, especially, but other countries, is that they, they're they able to experience fear. Uh-huh. I know that I'm fucking... I'm about to experience fear. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like the right thing to say right well, now. All right. I'm just trying to draw a little bit of a parallel, you know. Well, don't. That's, I'm That's just, my job. Uh, no, no. I can draw <laughs> parallels, motherfucker. <laughs> My job. <laughs> you can find uh, all the sources for this at uh, the dollop sources, the dash dollop dash sources dot squarespace dot com. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, 
let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 